Okay, let's just dive right into this. Even though this is supposed to be the warm-up session, we're going to talk about Car something buds? that wasn't even on the uh, the outline here, but because we brought it up last week, here it is, Symphony of Corrections, just throw it in the symphony. Okay. Yeah. I came across a forum post recently talking about how pedal boards are the keyest stingers of the gear world. Interesting. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm listening. And I told you this, and you're like, oh, man, I love the Kia Stinger. Right, I probably went on a rant, just, and, then now, and you, now I just drove one for like five days. It was awesome. Crazy. Um, but hold on. Why, what's the, yeah, what is the, what was the analogy there with the, the pedalboard thing? I believe the thesis of this clearly scholarly gear page or whatever mm. post it was, TGP, I don't remember. Only the purest writers. Space, one, of the, one of the major gear forums. Sure. And it was essentially that this guy has... A lot of friends with pedal boards and he also knows some people with kia stingers and okay. and he just dis- and he discovered that people with kia stingers get together and and like gather their kia uh, stingers together right like and don't like race or like no drive it's like or a do club anything. they like hang out you just look at them yeah and he th- and he says that people with these like internet ready pedal boards are sort of like like that and that they don't really like play them or anything. It's yeah. just about like having this expensive collection that you never yeah. really t- drive hard, but like l- really like looking at. All right, are we doing a podcast? That's my yeah. That's I my car snobbery I, rant. Yeah, well, and that's the pedal board snobbery tie-in to that it. is funny. I like the pedal board thing. Here it is, Gear Buds Podcast, episode 120. Whoa. I love that number. 120 is a great 120 yeah. of these. Just a solid number. Oof, wow. 120 solid podcasts yeah. to, to go Every with Every single it. one better than the last. I, You know, I feel like that that's been your attitude since the jump, and I love it. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a very yeah. great attitude. Remember I would have. text you after we'd have like a guest, and I'd be like, I think that was I think favorite that was guest the, the favorite guest we've ever had. Yeah, and, and I guess to address that, we haven't really talked about specifically. We've just been having such a good time buzzing, and, you know, maybe we'll go back to having guests eventually. Yeah, if they want to come on. You know, we've, and we've, had, we've even had some people reach out, but it's just like I've been having, first of all, a great time not hunting people down and yeah. scheduling and playing right. all that, which is my least favorite part of every job I've ever had. Yep. Uh, so th- that, but also just like, you know, I really enjoy this format and the way things are going it's right just now. just a hang, dude. We, we, what was happening was I was developing these outlines and then we would never get to any of the stuff. And it that, just rolls over to next week. And, and there's nothing wrong with talking about another person and having them on. That's been great. I enjoy it. We're going to do more of it. Yeah. But there's so much that I, that I think we just want to do with this that, you we know. We just like to rant. We just like to rant. Anyways, this one ranting. I'm Henry. That's Dave. What's up? Let's do it. Symphony of Corrections. Here's your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes don't you forget it we know we're going to be bringing that back soon uh thank you for listening every one of you hearing this into your earballs uh means a lot to us so mm-hmm. thank you so much follow us on the stuff instagram facebook subscribe blah, 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 blah. subscribe spotify apple here we go touching tips friends of the show story time with uncle hank bfio and uncle dave at the beginning that hey, was hey. uncle uh, that was some uncle stories. talk wasn't it Big time unky talk, unky vibes, uh, BFI, GFI, free stuff. Let's dive right into the symphony as we have been trying to do for a while now. I guess we have been. Here's here's up, here's what's up first. Did you see that Gibson is now sponsoring officially Kirk Hammett? Kirk no. Hammett is now a sponsored Gibson artist. Really? Yes. I thought they he was an well, they, they announced a partnership, which to me seemed like a very specific wording. Right, because they're just going to sell a guitar with his name on it, basically. I don't know. So, 
they they've been pretty they've 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 done a lot they've done a press release and it's like oh we love each other so much and Kirk yeah. is, has been playing Gibson's forever and he owns the famous Greeny fifty nine right. Sunburst that's what and I was thinking of his yeah. seventy nine Flying V that he played in like on Kill 'Em All and stuff to me they're laying the groundwork for a signature Greeny or, or and v. or a signature V that which cool. that's cool yeah you know I'm I, trying why to not? think if they have a signature V already. I don't think they do. Did they there, do a Hendrix there are one? Def- yeah, there's a Hendrix. Yeah. Uh, there's a there was a Bonamassa. Oh yeah, um, of course. There was. We talked about. Was it? Oh, a Grace Potter. We talked about a few episodes ago. I'm glad we're in the symphony. I believe I, I said that she had a signature Explorer. It's actually a signature Flying V. There was a a Buckethead. Oh no, no, that's right. That was a, a Buckethead Last Paul that oh, they yeah. then made an SG and an and a Flying V that's that right. sort of looked like it. There was a yeah the Thunder Horse. Was that me or you? Yeah. Thunder Horse. Uh, Somebody had a white signature white flying V. There have been a few, but not you're right, not that yeah. many. It's been it's been a, an underserved market, I would say. Hmm. It's been all all Lesters and SGs. Good for much. Kirk, I guess. I, yeah, right. We'll see. Uh, I don't know. Just inter- they, interesting. So they didn't say to what see. it's going to be then. They just, no, no yeah. product announcement. Just like we're excited about the future and we like each other. It's so like much. a picture of him with his thumb up or something like him that. playing Greeny, you know, or holding out Greeny. That's that's, funny, that's what they're literally into. So we'll see. Uh, another another story here. This was actually I, this is definitely a GFI in my opinion. Uh, Lawler announced it. So for a long time they had what were called blackface pickups, mm-hmm. uh, which. Sort of is a confusing name to begin with because we've always used that to describe a certain era of Fender amps or like a certain tonality for Black that. Face, so to yeah. like call the pickups that is kind of confusing. Anyways, they recently announced like, hey, we don't like that word oh. anymore, so we're going to change the names of all of our that's funny. That I never line of pickups. About that. Yeah, wow. And so uh, now the that line of pickups is called the '64, which is what they were referencing anyways. That era of Fender yeah. amps. It's what's what's interesting to me is i'm i'm curious to see how long because fender never officially called their amps that we everyone called those blackface amps forever because oh yeah that's they, just the they had a black control face plate, that, yeah. like control plate it but now because people are trying to be more sensitive with language stuff we've been talking about recently lawler has been like yo we're gonna uh we're gonna turn that shit uh we're gonna turn your phone off and then we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna change that. no it's, it's fine and then we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna update it we don't want to cool. do it so yeah from now on henceforth uh, warranties are still all the same and they're still treating them as if they're the same pickup because they are the same pickup. Yeah. There's now the Lawler 64 it. series. So I, but again, my question is, will Fender ever sort of mm. be, be like, yo, don't call it that. Do or they, they, but they've did never they like, ever market it themselves as blackface. Uh, I a, thought that I was more of a nickname. I, that's what I'm saying. I think it's always been a nickname. So I, I'm not sure if they've ever yeah. in their marketing material or anything like I don't that think so. ever done that. It's possible, but who, who, who the F knows? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we'll see if they say anything about it. Another, well, this is both BFI and GFI, and I'm sure you saw some, something about this. Offspring, Offspring's drummer, did you hear about this? No. Okay, so uh, the Offspring's drummer uh, is leaving the band. Okay. Because he refuses to get vaccinated. Oh. And uh, the rest of the band's like, we're not okay with being around you, so yeah. you're out of the band. And he's like, okay. And he's like, well, that sucks. And but here's the the for anybody who knows about the the band The Offspring, yeah. will know that He's Dexter Holland, the lead singer, is a doctor, 
and a biologist and has specifically been studying viruses for the last 10 years and <laughs> no has shit. written papers about like mrna vaccines and right. hiv and like has like is, that's what he does i didn't with know his that. time so then for you to be the drummer in the band with that right. guy you're who's written mrna fucking virus <laughs> papers and you're gonna be like i think i know more yeah. about the vaccine than you like publicly yeah. uh, is is pretty pretty lovely that's funny but so yeah the he, the long the oh. lifelong longtime drummer of, i was gonna ask if it was the original drummer oh uh, yeah hell of a drummer man pete, I mean, pete parada i remember air drumming to many offspring songs when i was a teenager so uh don't fucking do that that's a bad idea people just get the fucking shot speaking so can of drummers get out of this shit did you hear about uh charlie watts was that on the the list i don't think today? so charlie watts will not be touring with the rolling stones really uh, for the first time ever in history wow i um, didn't hear about that he they're gonna do a 13 run 13 show run he had a surgery they they did not mm. disclose what it was they said it went really well he's the oldest member right he's 80 years yeah. old yeah and he looks every bit of 80 yeah. years old um i saw a picture that it was a meme it was like Charlie Watts is the only member of the Stones who actually looks like he's his age and it had like yeah. all of their ages and he was just dressed like a sensible 80 year old man. Yeah. And and then it was like Keith with his fucking crazy scarves and his, like, uh, and his bangles and exactly. shit. Exactly. Yeah. And then all, and you know, Mick, who, who is sort of ageless at this point. Wow, that's a bummer. Did um, they say he was replacing Yeah, him? I actually wanted to look it up really quick because uh, I should mention um, it's actually uh, from the John Mayer trio was probably his most recent work. Oh, Steve Stanley, Jordan. Steve Jordan. Dude, Steve Jordan. Fucking beast, dude. When I went down the list, I was talking to Mandy about it yesterday. And I went He's one of my favorite drummers on planet Earth. They had a, he was on, he did Saturday Night Live uh, in the late 70s. He did the late dude, show. Dude, he's done so many Letterman. incredible records. Like, um, so many hits have had Steve Jordan Stevie on Wonder. You can't even start. I mean, but yeah, he. I mean, Fearless Flyers is, is something very recent that he's done yeah. with the uh, dudes from uh, Wolfpack. Right. Which is so yeah. freaking bad. So it's pretty cool that they were like. That's awesome um, that they've got such a ripping. Well, the good that, news that is. That makes me want to see the Stones now. That's honestly. what I'm saying. I'm like, they've never. You know, it's, and he actually played with the expensive winos, which were the. Uh, which was Keith Richards' mm. side project during the 90s, early 90s, I think. But, anyways. Um, so it's kind of thinking of Hollywood vampires when you said that. Oh God, he might be uh, Johnny Depp. He uh, might have played in that. He might have played in Hollywood. Honestly, vampires. that's a pretty good guess yeah. if, if you had to guess. But uh, the good news is he he put out a press release and is like, I'm I'm beyond honored to be playing with the Stones. Like this is fucking so crazy. cool. So it's, but, I mean, it bummer about a, Charlie, of course. He's he's okay though. Like the good news is the doctor just doesn't want him to tour. Um, yeah. He's okay. You know, the the surgery was successful. Damn. So we hope to see him again. Good dish. Yeah. Uh, I just saw this. Because the heat waves have been so bad in the U.S. right now, do you mm. hear about this yeah. with the records? It's crazy. Well, the right now, it's vinyl records. Like the, numerous record labels have released statements addressing the fact that right now vinyl records are actually warping in the mail because it's Jeez. getting so hot that for the first time that there people across the board it was it started oh happening God. specifically with cassandra J jenkins record who, which i actually really like and i well, I, I mean on spotify not mm -hmm. the I, I haven't bought the vinyl i guess thankfully yeah. based on this story so a number of people have people have released statements being like hey either you can pay for it to come faster so then it like isn't exposed yep. to as much of the and the mail's been slower recently and mail's too. been slower because so, yeah. they've been purposefully slowing it down yeah or uh just like wait a little bit until it's colder outside which is like really fucked up for record labels to be which i'm every single one of them in operation yeah. is you know threadbare and operating right. at a loss and all this then to, have to be like you know what just like hold off until the summer's over yeah. and then stop don't ship oh, any more records so if you're thinking i guess the 
the tip is that if you're if you're still buying records through the mail, which I think many pay of us still Express do, or something. yeah, probably just pay like a couple extra bucks to yeah. get the faster shipping. It's right interesting now. that it happened with like one artist, or was that just like somebody that noticed? It was yeah, that was a a, a new record had come out by Cassandra Jenkins and a, bu- so a bunch, bunch of, of people bought up, it, and then and then it was like uh, since then a number of labels right. have had to address it. I can't. I, didn't write them down. Wow. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. I wonder what that's doing with like guitars and shit too. Cause I mean, those will sit on a truck for days and days, you know? Of course. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, even I know, you know, I and you and Chicago music exchange and many other people, like when you get a, a guitar in the cold, right. You're supposed to you don't it. take that out of the case. Right. Until it's been in a room for probably like tw- 24, hours 24 hours yeah. because, and some people even do two days mm-hmm. because then you allow the guitar because yeah when it's dude in the winter time like yeah. oh my god Finish it's exposed to real crazy thing man. it happens instantly, instantly. It's just like, it looks fucking i think it looks cool but yeah if you don't want it not, not if you're a, if you've got you're a hanger a, that you're yeah, trying to keep buying in, yourself a nice ten thousand dollar les paul yeah a, a pristine like custom shop <laughs> shit dude which is more, what who usually happens because you're so excited. Oh yeah. my god! Oh, dude, I've I've definitely bought some guitars in the winter and just like I was like, oh fuck it, I gotta open this. You know? But you like you like the checky checks, yeah. so but I didn't get any, I didn't have checks any uh, issues. So don't follow what I did, kids. Mm, cool. Uh, one last thing, I've got a couple other things, but I'm just gonna pick a couple. Uh, I learned a good word this morning that I okay. This is actually these. This is related to the next thing as well because they're both both Craigslist. Uh, I was reading a Craigslist post this morning and it had uh, what I thought was a typo. And I was like, this ding dong. What is this word? And it said grot box. And I was like, oh, he meant to say great. And mm. it turns out grot box. I'm the ding dong. Grot box is a real term by like old school audio engineers Whoa. and recording engineers. Like if you uh, it's, it's to describe any sort of small sort of crummy listening situation, like a little Bluetooth speaker or something to approximate what like an average consumer would listen sure. to when you're mixing something. Yep. So you've got, you know, it was an Aventone mix cube is what I was looking at on okay. Craigslist. It's probably the most famous of these. Like they're, it's, it's kind of an interesting concept when you think about it because the, there are these dev- devices designed for professionals making records to hear things the way that the consumer, a would consumer hear would hear it when you could just, just buy the little consumer speaker, the little Bluetooth, the Bluetooth. which a lot of people do like a little Bose or something. Yeah. To approximate the consumer experience. Well, you know we were talking I mean? about that with uh, somebody we had on, one of the producers, and they were saying they'll make they'll listen to it on a, on a phone speaker. Oh yeah, totally. As loud as it goes, because that's what a lot of kids yeah. do now. They'll just put it up to their ear. Like, Dude, the the new song that I played you before we yeah. got on the thing, which I'm oh by the way, I'm going to call it uh, "Sic Mundus Creatus Est," which is a Latin phrase. Which uh, you know, it's not like it was invented by this, but it was used to great effect, in my opinion, by the Netflix series Dark. Oh, oh, which yeah. is my, maybe my favorite show of all time. Yeah, dude, you gotta. Fu- if you're looking for something to sink your dang teeth into, teeth not at nighttime. Oh yeah, right. You said it's kind of kind of scary, get, right? Well, it's kind of scary, but also like, uh, yeah, just okay. I don't know. Well, it. although I mean, it maybe maybe watching it in a dark room is a good idea, just not when you're tired, because I, like you want you want to be able to like engage with full it. attention. It's really good. Yeah, gotcha. Whatever, that's the name of it. Uh, why were we talking about that? Right, because oh yeah, Grotbox. Grotbox. Last night I did the same thing. I just like rendered a version down, sat there listening to it from my phone speaker because, yeah. and it's interesting. Like you'll like you'll you'll hear there's things. this bass part that's like central in my mind when I'm listening to it on speakers or headphones that just completely disappears sure. on my phone. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like oh okay, there that goes. Uh huh. So there it is, Grotbox. Do you do you mix accordingly then, or were you just like oh that's just how it's gonna sound? You know, it it, it wasn't a bad change. Yeah. So it, it, like it was fine. It's it, to me it says like oh I think the things are kind of balanced where they ought to be because there shouldn't be 
20 hertz sub bass coming out of a phone speaker yep. like that just isn't capable yeah you don't want to add, that out. add so more bass at that point. It, it, it did to your point that you made after listening to it i do think it made me think that i could be certain things including like putting in some electric guitars or something in there yeah to add some yeah i'd be excited because of weight so Cropbox, I'm the ding dong on that one, but here's a here's a ding dong. I've got a good Craigslist post that okay. I, I don't know if you've seen this. Maybe, maybe not. It is an Aria Mazrite style bass for sale. Ooh, okay, I'm interested. You can take just like a quick little gander from here. Oh yeah, pick it up. Yeah, that yeah. That style, mm-hmm. uh, just that like you know what adventure style. Yep. It's red. I like whatever. those most right. But the reason that I have it in here is because actually, shout out to our good good friend and former guest Max Crow from the band Hand Practices. Go listen to Hand Practices. Uh, Max also has some exciting gear stuff that he's been doing recently. We don't need to get into all that, but he's gotten some cool converters and shit. Anyways, he sent me this posting and it's because of this man's description. Okay. Okay. So I'm just going to, we're just, I'm going to be, we're just going to make fun of this fucking guy right now. So prepare for your, prepare yourself here. Here's here. It is. I'm going to read the entire thing. Do it. I played in a sixties band for a short time period. I bought this with the intention to front the band with a unique-looking instrument. Sadly, I never got to use it live as the band dissolved. Unimpressed with the sound, I swapped the buzzy jazz-style pickups with Bartolini pickups. To add to the improvements, I replaced the ridiculous numbered knobs with standard black knobs. And here it is, in parentheses. I don't need to have a number to set my tone on the guitar. (laughs) I can feel my tone. Yes. Close parentheses. Dude, this guy rules. In the Craigslist post. Dude, he just. What does that mean? I can feel the tone? Yeah, No, 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 I'm sorry. I can feel my tone. Right. He just knows when it's perfect, when it's dialed in, bro. You don't need a number to to do that. I'm at, I'm very clearly listener. I'm clearly rarely speechless. And I don't I know. I did. I I did not know how to continue I love my guy. day after reading that. Is there more, or is that how it ends? There's more. Um, Does he actually get into the description of it besides just like his see. his history and what little plastic pieces he swapped out? Probably benefit from a good preamp, but I'm more of a passive guy. Yeah, that's the other <laughs> thing. He put Bartolini's in here, but then yeah, left those them are passive, active pickups, which is they? whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, I would compare it as a cross between a Padula and an older Yamaha I used to own. I'm not a motivated seller, so if I do not get reasonable offers, it will stay in my collection. Period. There is no case. Period. This is all just this one great. long paragraph. One paragraph. By the way. That's a wall it. of text. The, the asking price probably isn't ridiculous. Four fifty. You know, yeah. for like that type of thing. Although, again, you're immediately gonna have to change the electronics because who the fuck uses Bartolini pickups without active electronics? I, did, I don't even think they work. Do they I didn't work? think that. I don't. I, evidently, this so man, he bypassed the preamp. On he the just has some some jazzies in there and uh, okie dokie, okie dokie. But first of all, when he said I played in a '60s band for a short time, I want to say that in my mind, I I I went straight to I played in a band in, in the, the '60s. 60s. That's what I assume too. But I no, assume you this played in a '60s style band. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, like, you've been very careful with your word selection throughout this entire paragraph, and then to lead off to say, "I played in a '60s band for a short time." I like, like how he gives the background. I think not enough ads do that. So, like, why? Why did you get this yeah. thing? Tell me. Tell, tell me, me more about, your about yourself. But also, I don't need to have a number to set my tone on the guitar. I can feel, feel my, tone. my tone, dude. That's I love this guy. I love you this should guy. respond. I'll send you. I kind of want to respond just to be like, hey, I'm interested and see if he like tells me more. Like, can you tell me more about the 60s band you were? 
<laughs> do they do they need a bass player? Because clearly they're did in, their name rhyme with Eatles? <laughs> did they did they like the sound of this bass with it? Can I buy it and quickly <laughs> join this band? You know what's funny is like the guy who buys it, you know, from that guy, he's gonna be like, you know, this guy who owned this before me was in a '60s band. Like he's gonna talk about the history. '60s style band. Yeah, his name will live on forever. It's great. Yeah. All right, it's well, got rules. Here it is. That's that. This is this. And you know what it is. I'm now going to take us into my favorite spot that we get to go get those fucking notes fired up, brother. We got notes today. Because we're about to talk about Dave's Dogs. Oh, dude. Yeah, we need a tambo situation. You do. You don't have a tambo? I don't have a tambo. I have a, I have a, do you own a tambo? Mm, I have a many percussion instruments. I don't you know what I have I have a tambourine that mounts onto a hi-hat but I don't have like a just like a nice gripped hand maybe that maybe that's a, I. the thing is, is you know what I feel like a tambourine is something that you want an old one yeah like how do like mine's really old it's like I've got a lambskin yeah you don't want it. the you don't want like a really bright you don't want to go buy it at like a brand new new tambo I want to get a nice it. old yeah you want it where the, the the jingles are all like a little rusty and a little like exactly. oxidized and yeah. stuff yeah. So I don't I don't like the ones either with the handle. I like the whole I like to just grab it like unnaturally. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Yeah. That, that's a bold take. I, I do. Know. I have to say I mean Cuz the handle I feel like it swings too much. By design I I just or like I guess as a pure as a puritan, I definitely prefer the no handle. The thing. one I have at home that I was using for our our uh, yeah. remote episodes was uh it's it doesn't have a handle but it has a hole where you can stick your thumb. I thought well, that I've was got interesting. a hole where you can stick your thumb too. <laughs> you do. I th- I'm gonna get. It. I'm gonna. All right, I gotta add it to the list. I'm gonna get a get a tambo. Yeah. All right, but what, not a new tambo. What's to, speaking of lists? What list? What are you adding to the list of Dave's motherfucking docs? This was a pretty good one, man. I gotta what do you say, got? I'm pretty excited. Um, I knew nothing about this gentleman, Who and is it? Uh, his name is Richie Blackmore. Oh, Deep Purps. Deep Purple guitar Rambo. player. Also Rainbow guitar player, Ronnie James Dio. And his really goofy minstrelly music with his wife that he yeah. went into later. And in they life. play they play together. She's she looks great. This this movie's from like twenty fifteen. Okay, so, so what is it? Ago. What would you what did you watch? Uh the Richie Blackmore story. Where did you it's, watch? Uh, this? It's actually on YouTube, but it was on Amazon and a bunch yeah. of other channels too. The Richie Blackmore story. That's Sick. I mean, yes. So he's in it. He's it's a it's an authorized doc. Yes, real music, mm. uh, interviews with the members, like some of the guys from Deep Purple. Dude, I fucking love Deep Purple. By the way, Deep Purple, Deep Purple rips. rips, dude. Holy shit! I honestly, I will go as far to say that he might be the most underrated guitar player. Of the he's, 70s. you know what, dude? I can't argue. Like they, he's got to be on the in that conversation. They show like the Highway Star solo. They show him oh. playing it. The guy's a the guy's a virtuoso. Dude, okay, man. I I learned and then tried to play the entirety of that solo for a CME video, and there was we'll say a limited amount that they could use that wasn't yeah. like kind of scratchy yeah. because I was playing it on a real '58 Strat that yeah. just like wasn't designed to do that. Right, and we had a Richie Blackmore signature Strat in the store at the time that I decided not to use because I was a fucking dummy. That's hilarious. I wanted to use the old one. Yeah. Sorry, I'm derailing. No, dude. So excited by the purple. No, I'm glad. I'm glad you're excited yeah. about Richie Blackmore. Um, yes. I'm still wow, I'm gonna f- after this, and I say this almost every time. I'm gonna listen to a lot of Deep Purple yeah, today. Yeah, listen to uh, Machine Head. Machine was the Head, big, of course. Yeah, the oh, big record. Yeah, um, it was a fucking and good- uh, the live live at to- or live at the boot or no live in Tokyo. In Tokyo. Yeah, that's like Budokan's uh, people. Cheap people say it's like one of the greatest. I've got that live on vinyl, dude. We could pop that on the old turntable. I'm gonna have to pop it. I'm gonna have to pop it. 
Um, did you know the Highway Star solo? He actually wrote that out as opposed to all his other solos really? he improvised. He actually I sat didn't. at home. Tell me, tell me more. Sat at home and wrote it, like worked on it because he knew he wanted yeah. it to be like that good. Well, and there's such a fucking crazy organ solo in yeah, that song I know. too. Their organ player was sick. Well, I, can't, I wish I could remember. I can't remember. Name. I didn't take notes. On and then names. now we were just we just sort of mentioned. Did we even mention it last week on the show? Hmm. The uh, new orange signature bass amp. The purple covered one? in purple for I love the it. bass player of Deep Purple. Is that what it's? Yeah. Called? Oh, that's right. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Purple rips. I love that thing. All I right. kind of want it. Just tell, to have, tell me about this documentary. Just to have out. Tell oh, me some yeah. Richie Blackmore stories. Um. All right. So, oh, this is kind of cool. Um. And of course, we can't talk about Richie Blackmore without talking about Smoke on the Water, mm. which is probably the first riff that ninety percent of guitar players learn. And it's and it is one hundred percent the riff that guitar players learn wrong and it is 110 percent. the only way he plays it is the right way it sounds you yeah, can listen exactly. to anybody else play that guitar uh, it's like uh, uh, he actually it, plays it stops. he plays it uh two two strings at a yeah, time exactly. yeah exactly it's the two middle two strings uh-huh so yeah. um check this out though i thought this was pretty fucking cool i didn't know this um boom, 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 and then the disco beat yeah dude that song rips. Um, it was about a fire, right? So here's the story. Mm. Um, they were supposed to go play. They were supposed to go play a live show at a venue called the Casino in England. Mm. And they, uh, the night, they're they're at their hotel in the places across the street. The casi- the the venue catches on fire from a Frank Zappa show. And Frank's in the song. And it's in the whole. The so the song is about that. That that's right. The show that never happened and the, the building catching on fire. They said they're sitting in their hotel room, like having beers, and they're looking out the window and like the venue's on fire. And they're like, I guess we're not playing Smoke tomorrow. On the water, fire, fire in the sky. Wow. I haven't been this excited about a Dave's Dock in some time. And I watched the last one. This is really the purple's got my blood flowing. Yeah. Purple, uh, deep purple rules, uh, rainbow rules. I didn't know this. He was recording with uh with Ronnie James Dio mm. uh, on, on, the, on the sneak tip, and the band didn't know about really? it. Really? They recorded, I, I think they did a record together or something, and then Whoa. they're like, we should form a band, and we'll call it Rainbow. I didn't know that. Yeah, so then Rainbow was formed. Dang. Yeah, yeah. And That's then, scandalous. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, man. Uh, it's. I will say this. For the for the doc, it was good. I watched an hour and a half of it. It's two hours long. And then Ooh. it was and then it was like kind of just like I was I was stuff. when you said it, I was like, oh, this is a fifty minute fifty. No, minute I wish it was. Right no, it's like a real movie. Mm-hmm. Like um but oh, it has interviews with Brian May, Steve Vai, and Joe Satriani, just to name a few. Lars Ulrich is in it, of course. Oh, God, is Dave Grohl in it? No, Dave Grohl's not in it. <laughs> uh, Gene Simmons is in it. Maybe Dave Grohl makes an appearance in the last half hour. Dude, you know what's funny? I've, i you know, I watch a lot of these docs, and when they interview these guys, sometimes it's like the same background and i wonder if it's like a long interview with like you know steve Vai or something all right like we're that. gonna talk about yeah Zappa and now. then they just take cuts of like this like two hour interview and just all right put what do you think about george martin right dude just, that's what do you that, think yeah that's amazing just keep it on file yeah yeah wow so, um uh joe satriani said that um he was inspired um by him to ever pick up a guitar in the first place no kidding his first guitar was a strat because that's what blackmore played wow so that was kind of cool i thought that is super cool um yeah, man. Any I, other gear spotting news? Uh, lots of strats. Yeah, I mean, tons and tons. With of the scallop, as, as folks may or may not know, the upper frets he has scallop. He does on have. His he does do the scallop. Have you ever played a scalloped fret guitar? Oh yeah, the Ingve signature That's guitar right. is all scalloped. Yeah, the and actually the Steve Vai uh, signature gem, most of them have scalloping on the upper frets too, which he of and course I got from Richie Blackmore. I think it's the Stu Ham bass. 
There's a base that has scallop that has upper, I think it's the upper ones, too. There's a it's base the that has It's the Yamaha scalloped. Attitude base. No, you know who it is? It's the guy from Mr. Big. Oh, with Billy Sheehan. And yeah, his Sheehan. And his is... No, what dude, what his... Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah that's right, because he played with Steve Vai. But also, is he the one who has... I saw one where it's like uh, the bottom two strings are, are fretted yeah. and the top two strings are fretless. I've seen that, too. Is that him? Yeah, I think... I want to say it is, Damn, but that's another guitar. Billy Sheehan rips. We might yeah. have to look okay, that, so that one up for next week. I, well, okay, so to answer your question, I've played a number of is it weird? guitars. I've never played one. Okay, have you, so nor bass? I'm assuming Phil's going to ask you that. Okay. I mean, I, I know how they look, but I've never, like, I could imagine it how takes, it feels. It's very hard. To press down a lot harder, right? No. In fact, you kind of, in many ways, well, first of all, you, you want, I, I think Ingve plays heavier strings, but in my experience, I think you want lighter strings. Yeah. And what happens is you normally you press until you get to wood. If there's no wood, you can keep pressing, and then then what happens? You go sharp. Oh, so to right. play in that tune, you have to play with a lot more touch. Really? And good fucking luck playing chords in tune. Mm-hmm. It's like playing a it's chord really for sort like of like with fretless. Right? It's a lot more for single note and and for playing legato. You know, hammer on pull off, yeah. really fast stuff like that. Uh, to it's better. But it's not like you're going to pick it up and instantly be better at it. In fact, I'm way worse at it than yeah. I am on a regular guitar. So hmm. I could see why someone though who practices on it would want it yeah. for that. Anyways, uh, scallop guitars, oh, Richie Black. Um, yeah, other gear spotting. I did. I did notice the bass player was playing a Rick, but it was this mm. weird model I've never seen where it has like these like triangle pickups. Oh yeah, totally. You know, it's like kind of. It just looks they, like a Rick the on fi- acid or something. Like the five string version that they sell now of the four thousand one has. Yeah those triangle yeah it's weird so it. i didn't know those were around in the 70s i thought weird, that was like yeah. a more recent thing but uh that's what he was using but yeah it was wow. a fucking it was a good doc man what was, was your give me your totally arbitrary oh you'll game. like this one what do you um got? well because it was so long i didn't give it as high of a score yeah. as i wanted to i would say watch the first hour and you'll probably be satisfied okay enough. um i gave it a six and a half out of ten the first riff you've ever learned on guitars oh dude <laughs> sick do you remember your first bass riff yeah what well, it wasn't really a riff, but I remember the first bass line I ever... What was learned. your first bass line? Uh, it was... Um, What's the difference between a bass riff and a bass line? Well, a bass riff's like, you know, a riff. It's a... Bass line's like... It's like a, a, you know, riff. You know, it's like, any, any definition is great when you just use the word that you're yeah. defining in the definition. That's actually... That's a good question. I can't really remember the first bass riff I ever learned, but the first bass line I ever learned... So is a... But I, I don't I don't want to define oh. this. Is a riff more, like, memorable than a bass line? Yeah, I think a riff would be, like, a little more, like, single note, um, dancing around the fretboard a little more. Okay. Like something... Something just with a, a catchiness to it, or a, I don't know. How do you describe a riff? I That's mean, what I'm saying. I don't know what the difference yeah. is between a bass riff well, and a bass line. I would line. say like a bass line would be like, oh, you can play along with the song, and it's like eighth notes or whatever, like that kind of thing. Okay. Because like, so the first song I ever learned on bass was uh, "Zombie" by the Cranberries. Mm, there's some, there's some rim bim in the happening in there. Yeah, there's a little bit rim of rim bim, 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 and it's got a good like the good C to E drop. I really like. Oh, yeah. oh, you still remember it? Yeah, yeah. So. That's Damn. fun, but uh, oh yeah, but I can't think of the first bass riff I ever learned. Man, that's a good one. Maybe like, do you have a favorite? Maybe bass like riff? "Beat It" by Michael Jackson. Okay, dun, dun, that's dun, a good dun, one. Dun, 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 dun. You know, something like that. Bah, bah. Yeah, "Shakedown Street's a good one by Grateful Dead. Ooh, that's a real do, good one. Do, do 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 do. That's that's a riff to me. Like, okay, I can think of mine then. Uh, 
Oh, uh, what's the Jackson Five song that everyone learns? That's pretty hard. ABC. Doom. I want you back. That's a hard bass. Yeah, that's uh, that's my favorite. You know that on bass? Oh yeah, dude. Whoa, oh, that's yeah. impressive, dude. That's it's 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 okay. But that's my favorite. That's my definitely my favorite. That bass might be a James Jamerson baseline. It's definitely of that era. I don't know if could be a Carol K baseline. We don't could know. be. I mean, they both we, the records are spotty at best. <laughs> at best, as we know from thorough investigation via Dave's Docs. Oh, Thank yeah. you for such a wonderful Dave's Smoke Doc. on the water, fire, fire in the sky. sky. Wow, good job. Uh, so I might have to auto tune both of us for that. Oh, that'd one. be really fun. All right, here we go. Future gear. Let's do it. We've got a bunch of shit. See how much we get into. I did a bunch of reading already. Don't know if I want to do that again, even though we punted it from last week. <laughs> First thing I want to talk about is something that's in arm's distance from you right now, and that's that Nord Drum 3 piece sitting next to Oh, you. yeah. So uh, as you li- loyal listeners know, I've been do- undergoing this grand reorganization and rewiring of everything and finally got all MIDI to and from everything to my delight. So I, everything talks to each other. And that's, you, that might not sound that exciting to you, but the thing that is very exciting that took me a, a, the better part of four hours a couple nights ago I found some software that someone wrote. Uh, he, he goes by Ableton Drummer, and uh, he created a device that you. It's a. It looks just like a plugin that looks like that drum, but it's a plugin that you use in Ableton, mm-hmm. built in Max for Live, which is a programming language Max that there's a version for Live Max for Live, and through it and some setting up that was the part that took me a while. Uh, I can now via Ableton treat that thing just like it's a plugin so all the sound like record it and send midi to and from control everything inside it inside of that drum mm-hmm. via plugin and automate it all in ableton Perfect. like it's just like it's like a software drum machine that mm-hmm. you you know use a, as a plugin which is exactly what i've always wanted to do with that thing. that's great the the main impetus the reason that the guy created it is that uh that, you know, as you can see, there are a bunch of buttons on the front of it. Mm-hmm. But there's only one or two knobs, a master volume, and then another knob that controls everything else. So what you do is you basically like press a button, and then you turn the knob, and then that right. like controls the thing. Changes the category. The, or so you can really only change one parameter at a time. Right. There are six drums. That's an it's a it's an analog drum machine. So there's a synthesizer in there. There are six drums that you can control individually with endless parameters so yeah. it's like super limiting i mean there are great presets in there don't get me wrong but it's very limiting to not be able to just like tweak and use it like a, a synthesizer so to be able to just in real time see it like numbers changing on that machine while you've got like you know parameters written in ableton so like you've got like all these preset like i'm going to change this filter here to this part of the song yeah. and like change even if you're going to use it live like i'm going to change all the presets live to my my live oh, dr- cool. set it'll it'll do all that but also still like be playing so you mm-hmm. can tr- and, and the thing the thing that i like most about that drum other than the fact that it sounds awesome is there's those pads on there so you've got get a stick in your hand even while you're playing midi from the computer even if you're not like sending note values to it you can be sending automation to that to, that goes along with your song oh, really? so like while you're jamming in real time right it's still like automating whatever parameters you chose oh to, that's like, cool choke shit or do delays or yeah. reverbs or whatever no yeah it's really cool man it's really oh, wow. fucking powerful uh, which is the the reason that it took me such a long time to set up. First of all, I've got to say, if anybody's interested in this and has my such a very specific setup as I do, <laughs> Nord, or if you just want to check out the Nord drum in general, it's fucking rad. Uh, the guy has a really 
thoughtfully written manual for it and video sort of like explaining everything. The, the issues that I ran into is that as the, as a larger concept, I had a hard time kind of understanding until once I got that, like how it was, everything was divided up. It made sense. Basically, like I said, there are six individual sounds that you use in any like drum kit, right? right? So each one of those you want to be able to do individual things to, but then there are also a bunch of global parameters. So you want to be able to change those as well. And it's basically figuring out via MIDI channels, which ones go to which. Right. So on the Nord drum, one through six are the different pads. And then on most computers and MIDI setups, like the default global channel is 10. So once I figured out, oh, I've got to set this main one to 10 and then all these other things individually, then it just like worked. And then, and then basically then you have to tell your, whatever your MIDI interface is, okay, now here it is on the way in. But then I also want it, like if I make changes on that, when I'm playing on the machine itself, on the Nord drum while I'm playing it, move the knob around. I want that to be reflected back in the computer too. So then you have to set that part up. And um, did it take me a long time? Yes. Was it worth it? Hell Hell yes. Dude, I love that we both said hell yeah at the same time. I like it's, uh, yeah, it's it's such a useful thing, man. I mean, I'm glad. I've always loved how it sounded. I just always, for the reasons that this guy took the time to write a very complicated piece of software, just always felt like I had a hard time getting to like the stuff that I wanted to get to in it. Like, again, the presets are cool, but as I just never was like, it was the kind of thing where you get a guitar pedal when you play your guitar new and it's like, Oh, this does something wild and crazy. And it sounds really cool, but I'm going to have to like write a song around it. Not I've got this guitar pedal. It sounds really awesome, but I can like tweak it to be part of what I am creating and part of my sound that I'm, that I am putting out in the, into the world. Yeah. Now I feel like I have the capability to utilize that piece of gear. And it, I think it was literally, I think it was 25 Euro, uh, cause the guy's European, oh, right. to, you know, download the software. But if you have Ableton live 10 or 11 and Nord drum and MIDI capabilities, which I mean, I if you, if you don't have a MIDI interface, you can buy like those MIDI cables for like 10 bucks. Yes. Yeah. That's what I use. Which if you have something with MIDI, just like get one of those mm-hmm. because they're super awesome and it's really neat to be able to control all of your stuff from your computer like yeah. that. Um, I highly recommend it. I've been going on and on for a long Sometimes time. Sometimes I'll... Um, Ableton drummer. I'll run my V drums through MIDI through like you Dude, know, logic absolutely. or something. That, it's that, so fun. That, it's super fun. And then what? because what you can also do and what I do all the time is... The way I have my setup is every, you know, with the MIDI setup, everything's talking to each other, but I'm also recording the MIDI to the computer. Yep. So afterwards, when I fuck up, because listener, I fuck up, <laughs> I can then quantize or tweak it yep. and then run it back out to the whatever hardware device again, just like I'm playing it, like I was playing it the real time, re record it, and then boom, I've got a, a clean performance. Yeah. yeah. And you can u- then also use that MIDI to then run it to software synthesizers. Like, oh, I've got all these plugins on my computer that I now can use that MIDI for. Or like, right. you're playing your MIDI drums. Oh, I've got all these MIDI drums. I can run that through an 808, and I've got a, a, a super different sound now. Yeah. Uh, lots of options. MIDI is scary in a lot of ways and kind of outdated, but also super flexible once you kind of get over the fear. Uh, and... Uh, I'm I'm so stoked that I took the time to do yeah, it. Yeah, you've been doing a lot of MIDI lately. That's yeah, been, because I been it's been jam. what I've been I've been trying to I've been trying to blow up my whole thing the past couple of years and I've made some detours, but I think I'm getting closer to it has been to break down the barriers between me and the things that I use to make the music stuff. And 
it turns out MIDI is like a really awesome connector of stuff. Yeah. And, and, and that's what it was designed to do is let make stuff talk to each other. And so I've been making the music that I'm making. It's like, I'll, I'll just kind of in real time, set up some like drum beats and like mess some stuff up on the, on the push and then like play some guitar keyboards with it and then bring that in and then go back and forth. Like it feeds into each other. It's almost sort of like jamming with someone else in some ways, Yeah, uh, which is obviously something that, you know, we've talked about being important. So yeah. yeah, I've been, I've been feeling very good about, about where that stuff has been and getting the Nord drum where it, cause before it was always this thing, like it was kind of looming over me. It's like, Oh, I'm programming these drums, but it's like, man, I wish I could just like run this, all these stuff, the stuff I've programmed through my awesome drum setup over here, exactly. but it's just like, I never did. Yeah. And now it's all completely t- tweaked. Yeah. And, and you've had that tool for, like that hardware for years. For yeah. A couple of years at least several and and then but again now i'm also beyond that the initial goal was to get that set up like we're talking about but also now i can get even deeper into the tweakability and automation with it which yeah. is like a huge super cool thing that i just have not had access to before so it's gonna be fun to experiment we'll see if it bears any fruits beyond uh podcast content. what do you think about um like what do you think about those like drum samples that like you can buy the packs you know like they're plugins and they're supposed to sound like real drums you know totally yeah i just I, saw an I ad have, for one the other day like a new one i have some amazing. well i don't i've never bought just like a drum pack i've bought some uh drum software instruments where it's like designed to like you can program it like you're playing an acoustic kit i've got a um, yeah. superior drummer yeah I've and then i have a plug-in uh session drummer of yours that though. goes with it I don't know if I've used Session Drummer. Superior Drummer and Easy Drummer are the two that I've used. I've used Easy Drummer as well. um, I got a Kurt Ballou, who's the um, the producer, guitar player from Converge, producer from God City Studios. We've talked about him on here before. He had a drum. It's not like... Again, it's not like you're buying like the drum loops. You're buying like the The ability to get those sounds and then program them yourself. Uh, I don't know. I I I think they're cool. Yeah, I think uh, they're cool. They're. I would also tell tell most people that who don't know already that like every I would say ninety five percent of pop or or majorly recorded music yeah has samples layered in Into with real. the acoustic recorded drums if there are even re- yeah recorded drums there to begin with anyway so. Yeah, I have nothing against them. I mean, it's kind of a bummer when you learn that and figure it out <laughs> because it's also like, damn, I wish I could just get that like yeah. that famous sample. There was one, uh, Andy Wallace is a famous mix engineer. And the, if you go and listen to like every major song that he recorded in the 90s, like Rage and Tool and all these different, Alice in Chains, like a number of different bands that, yeah. he, that he mixed, they all have the fucking same snare sound. Really? That he that was it's like his, his signature thing almost, thing that he would do like because you can't you know you it's not like he would just i can't imagine any mix engineer would just pull up the drum stuff and be like oh th- i'm not this is terrible before i even listen to it i'm just going to replace it it's it's almost got to be i'm listening to this and it's not better than what i've got already so yeah. i'm just gonna prove i'm gonna use what's proven if it ain't works. broke don't fix it kind of thing. so my point is that it's kind of like damn i wish i got the key so even on rock records and stuff there's like fake drums layered in all especially i was thinking like Katy perry and shit like that, especially in rock like, records really so oh, like rage yes. against the machine in the 90s yeah. yeah i mean and but it was still at at that point they were layering in like 808s they had yeah drum machines and true. stuff but now yeah the software has gotten way more advanced where in pro tools there's like um oh what's it called drum doctor and uh, drumagog and right. these things that just like kind of in some ways and even in features and with ableton you can kind of like automatically do a lot of stuff now which yeah. is like 
kind of, the argument is that it's if you have such easy access to it that an auto tune which we've talked about sure then it does it is there a is soul left in it in which whatever uh, the fuck that means i could say that you can there's a fine line and you can definitely take the soul out of a record by yeah. replacing all the drums for sure that, absolutely yeah so that's that, man. Uh, Nor drum. I'm gonna check my notes here to make sure I didn't miss anything. Um, no, 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 no. Did all of that? <laughs> ba, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. I guess the last thing I didn't really talk about is that I was excited. Is that I was worried that in setting all that up, uh, it would because I also run my iPad through all of this and then oh. use the iPad to run sequences. Sure. And I was worried that that would get complicated. Uh, no. That's cool. cool. It's still like with computer and, and clash. iPad. They just they just do the thing. All right. Um, here we go. What do we got? What do we got today? Well, oh man, I've been putting this off and it's time to do it. Okay. We're going to talk about standby switches. Okay. So you may or may not know some, there, there is, there is and has been, and probably forever will be some controversy on the internet, on the interwebs as with everything, as with everything about standby switches on guitar amplifiers. Wow. Before we get into this, I would like you just to tell me, what do you, what do you think a standby switch does on? Well, uh, in my experiences with guitar amps, you would turn on the power and let everything warm up. And then when you're ready to play, you flip to standby. Sure. That's, that's what we're, that's, uh, that's what I was coached and taught too. And and it's sort of like, well, well, why? What is it? What is what happens? Well, right. so I guess you, the the common there are some common arguments, and and I actually found. Let me take a step back before I read before we're going to talk about this article before I read any of this. Our very good friend Balthazar Delay, who just moved to Oak Park, by the way. Oh, really? Um, maybe I'll maybe I'll cut that out. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know if I should. <laughs> he say moved where to he a nearby lives. town. Yeah, or somewhere, um, <laughs> or maybe he didn't. Uh, he had explained to me in the past about standby switches be basically being bogus bunk and and how on his amps he just has them be essentially a mute switch but depending on how loud the amp is there's always going to be a little bit of bleed so they just become like a very quiet switch okay and and i told him how i I had read some sort of like controversial stuff about this and how there was this one amp that had come out recently and people were complaining that like the standby switch doesn't get completely silent and it's like okay well why do you want it to be completely silent what do you think standby switch to do anyways we're here right now we're gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna read through some stuff and, and there's so much here i would very like it very much like it if you interrupt me because otherwise i'm just gonna be reading for the next <laughs> like 15 minutes uh but anyways let's get into standby switches let's and why it. they're they're basically bogus um they're not really necessary okay and at least not is anymore. that your opinion this is balthazar's opinion okay. as well as this guy from uh this I, the guy who wrote this is from debon amps uh it's posted on their website he in within this article and at the end cited numerous actual electronics papers which i went and clicked through everything that i that we were about to talk about is uh based on physics like electrical physics right true okay so there are however a lot of persistent myths surrounding the standby switch why do we have them how and why do people still use them what's the deal yeah. i don't know here we go well history fender was the first to provide a standby switch on their tube amps okay uh no the first fender tweed didn't even have one which i don't Did think i realized uh, coming in uh, i believe it was the tweed deluxe first so like the 50s in the 50s yeah. exactly uh, and every Fender tube amp after that. The main reason given for the switch at the time was a muting function of sorts by cutting off the high voltage supply to the tubes. Mm -hmm. No voltage, no sound. Makes sense. <clears throat> when tubes are cold at the time the amp is switched on, they don't conduct any current. Because of this low current demand, the voltages inside the amp, 
are at their highest because mm-hmm. it's like voltage is coming into the amp no matter whether it's on or off if it's plugged into the wall, right? Right, exactly. When tubes warm up and start to conduct, the high voltage, which is B plus voltage, we'll just call it from now on, will sag a given amount. Electrical components have a maximum voltage rating, and exceeding it can have disastrous consequences, especially with capacitors who also have a physical limit to what this rating can be. Okay. High voltage capacitors were very expensive at the time when Fender was doing this. One way of reducing the cost of an amp was to use capacitors with a rating safely above the amp's working voltage when the tubes are warm, Mm -hmm. but very close to or even below what they call cold switch voltage. So basically what we're describing, there's a lot more voltage inside the amp when the tubes aren't glowing or right. when the tubes aren't being used or when the amp's not on. So the, the capacitors need to have enough capacity to maintain, to hold that voltage without, or pass that voltage at least without blowing up. Right, right. So what did Fender do? Put a standby switch on so it allows that to sort of dissipate within throughout the amp so then you can use cheaper, less, basically less capacity components your amps cheaper Lewis, leo fender is known for this like this is something any time that he could cut costs throughout shortcut, time yeah not even shortcut it's just a way to make it the amps they're never going to see this particular voltage you're going to be fine on those capacitors you can make a cheaper amp sure. okay now marshall blatantly copied the early fender amps we all know this including the standby switch so now we have two the two biggest amp makers selling amps using standby switches boom forever linked to tube amps Right. Good luck selling a tube amp with that one now because they have to have them. I can't right? even Fender think I've and, ever. Fender and Marshall have to have them. So why why does why do we have to, <laughs> why do we have them? Brands, however, like Vox and Gibson didn't use them. Ah. So it's this is actually the one of the things in, outside the circle that, that I noticed. Orig, original AC thirties no standby switch. The reissues that they started making yeah. later on, they started putting a standby switch on there. Yeah, Charlie's has just a because. Yeah. The rest of the world got used to having a standby. Wait, switch. so like a '60s Vox won't have a standby? Nope, no standby. No shit. Nope. Also, today high voltage capacitors are available at much lower costs all over the place. Right. So the issue that drove Leo to do this in the beginning in the beginning is gone. So another now, reason why capacitors yeah. have higher voltage ratings. So there's another thing. Uh, the main reason coming from supporters to protect standby switch supporters to protect tubes is a sudden onset of high voltage that's sort of i think what we talked about at first is like oh we've got to like make sure that the tubes don't don't get hit with too right, much too, too much, much high voltage so sure. let's sort of get into that a little bit um the what it's extremely loud today uh, outside i wonder if this is going to show up in the pod we'll see Maybe. um this would cause in theory according to the physics of electronics would cause an effect called cathode stripping in short, if a tube is cold, not conducting, and B plus this high voltage we talked about before, the tube's cathode is supposedly bombarded with ions, and the coating is gradually stripped or even ruptured. Cathode stripping is, in fact, a real phenomenon, but not in any guitar or bass amps. First, the voltages seen by the tubes in any given guitar and bass amp are far too low to cause the effect to the extent where it would cause any serious issues because guitar tube amps use voltages between 300 volts and 800 volts, we know this. We also know that you would need to use in excess of 1,000 volts before you even start to think about cathode stripping. So okay. that, like, the main reason that we've been given for this, just it, it just like it keeps doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, so the other this is this is where I, I kind of I had heard about this. This this I hadn't heard about. So second, the type of tubes used in guitar bass amps are called indirectly heated tubes. 
Remember, a tube needs to be hot to conduct an electrical current, meaning the cathode has to be hot and able to emit electrons. Simple. Mm-hmm. There are tube types called directly heated tubes where the cathode itself is being heated by a, a, a current passing through it, just like the filament of a light bulb. Indirectly heated tubes use a separate cathode and heating element and are far less susceptible to cathode stripping than directly heated. So again, the tubes that we use in our amps, indirectly heated, not susceptible to cathode stripping by design. Right. So second, <laughs> okay. Now third, many tube data sheets state a maximum voltage that may be applied to cold tubes. This number is much higher than the max voltage for warm tubes. Why would a manufacturer state such a number at all, let alone an increased value, if applying any voltage to a cold tube would damage it, they wouldn't. Okay, here we go. One more thing to think about is that um, not only the uh, guitars and historically, guitars and bass amps were not the only things that used tubes. TVs used radios. fucking tubes, radios, all, everything. The yeah. m- the government and military. I was gonna everything. say the military in the war they used uh, for like those phones. for everything yeah, and and, and like that's sure. why people still look for these like military, military mil spec yeah. military grade tubes from back then because they la- they were designed to last forever. Right. Okay, we've established now. Yes, unless you're like a hi-fi speaker enthusiast, pretty much the only thing you're gonna have is guitar tubes. But like for a long time, their guitar amps were like the the least used yeah, things. Right. Right. Have you ever in your life seen a TV with a standby switch on it? Nope. Don't you think that <laughs> if that was such a big issue with yeah. TVs, which pull way more Those voltage, tube TVs, don't you yeah. think we would have needed some standby switches on that or yeah. anything else? No. That's so that funny. Ne- that never in a, in a million years happened. So there was, I found out about this other thing called cathode poisoning. Um, uh, it doesn't really, we don't need to, it's really, really boring stuff. So um, no, so that like about when the tubes are at rest, um, that I could debunk based on this guy's research, but I, I don't need to. My point is, man, that's fucking standby switch. It's more just like, it's like a, just a mute switch, basically. It's a mute switch that originally Leo put on to protect the capacitors right, when they were designed differently. When they were a lot cheaper, it was a lot cheaper to use basically shittier capacitors. And now you just you there's not a company. And that because make it. he did that in the fifties, now everyone just puts standby switches on. It, which it's 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 not it's not a uh, it's not illogical to want a mute switch on on an amp or something like yeah. that. Like I I use that, but we have all been all of us. I mean, myself have all been taught that you put, you gotta you gotta warm up the amp Turn first the amp. for a while, the, and then the, the and hotter then it is, the, the better it sounds. And then you do, and then you do the switch because otherwise the tubes are gonna get blown. I did a up. recording session one time with my V four, and uh, we left the tubes on for like hours before I even yeah. played it. And like he was like, we gotta leave it on, and like we're not even gonna do bass till like three o'clock and it's nine in the morning and i'm like okay yeah so they just they just i don't Raging. know i don't know if it sounded better because you definitely that. want your tubes dormant for like a half hour yeah but it, this I, was like, like hours six I was like, hours i was like is, is that is a way it, to burn them out like, yeah that's a way to burn them out and also like maybe just like put stress on the whole system that yeah. was then gonna blow yeah, i know i think i had it in the shop shortly after that to be honest and an old vintage amp i mean those yeah. things are they're gonna blow every everyone is like yeah. this is gonna happen that's funny. Wow. So um, here it is. Standby. So switches. no. So nobody's designed one without. I'm just trying to. I'm there are some. There brain. are people have implemented different types of standby switches to their designs. Right. But like Balthazar amps, for instance, which I've got a couple of those. Mm-hmm. Well, the Cabaret 13 doesn't even have a standby switch. It oh, just it doesn't. Goes straight on. Yeah. And then the Fillmore 50 uh, has a standby switch, but it's it's basically just like yeah, uh, uh, cut the volume switch. Yeah. 
it's not like it's not designed like a standby switch was to limit current and things like yeah. in, in those old designs and there are a number of different designs but yeah it's, it's, there's according to everything so the main expert that i know personally and then every th- bit of research that i've been able to do based on science there's on the no internet reason i can't find a reason <laughs> why would, for other than just like muting your signal it's just like one of those things. It's people. It's like a comfort thing or something. Then because like, we got them on those, right? Those. That's why we still put freaking like knuckle busters underneath yeah. knobs and like the weird goofy stuff that we still do. That's so funny. I guess uh, I never even really thought about it. Because it's endemic to the guitar amp design community. Yeah, and then obviously solid state stuff wouldn't need. You know, doesn't have a switch. I should say. I've seen solid state with standby really? again. Only a mute switch. There, yeah. it, at that point, there is nothing that it could be doing electronically otherwise that you would need to protect for that isn't already designed. Like it, if you if you need surge protection or or certain voltage protection in the circuit, you've already built that in the circuit. You don't need another like external switch to mess with that. I'm trying to think. I man, um, Paul had this weird Mesa. It was a Mesa Subway amp, and mm-hmm. it had a standby switch, but it also had the the voltage control yep. on it. Mm-hmm. So you could switch to like a 15. I've had a couple of different amps like right? that. Yeah, I've had a couple of Mesas that do that. Actually. Yeah, it's a Mesa. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. But that's built. I think it's in the same switch almost like this, like middle is standby and then left is like 15 watt and right is like I had I had like two different Mesas. One, it was like that standby in the middle and I think it was 15 and 30. It's and confusing. then and then the, the other one I had, which was even more confusing, was standby in the middle. Left was bold. Right was spongy. Right. And it was like the way that the transformer or the or maybe I can't remember if it was a transformer or the rectifier, but essentially the response of the power amp, is it going to be is it going to give a little bit? Is yeah. it going to push immediately super fast quick or is it or is it going to? Yeah, is it going to sag and give you that sort of sponge? Oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, but I, I didn't know that at first. I was just like, <laughs> how the fuck do I turn this amp on? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I've got to choose bold or spongy. <laughs> Which one did you like better? Uh Probably the bold, bold right? yeah, because yeah. I <clears throat> it's more of a the, general tone. It's it's I I like a more a, a immediate because those I mean Mesa I like for heavy stuff. Yeah, and I like more like immediate. When I mean say heavy, I mean like metal. When I want heavy like Black Sabbath, I think more fuzz. Then yeah, I want sag. And but like if I want like a really quick ch- 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 like right. Metallica or something, yeah, I want a quick bold. Power and I amp. I don't have any like control plates in front of me right now, but mm. but as a as a bass player who never really uses a standby mm. switch unless I'm playing the V4, is it my stand- SVT has a standby switch? Yeah, right, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, is it standby on? Is turns it mutes it basically, or is it standby off? Which way does the standby switch have to be to make? Noise? In my experience, it's always been the switches go in the same direction. I don't right. know how they're labeled. That's the thing. In fact, it's the, the SVT the standby switch is on the back. Yeah, I hate when they do that. Yeah, yeah, that's in the seventies, bro. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the uh, Fender I think has that too. Like Which some of the, I guess I don't know. We didn't really we didn't really talk about it, but might as well close it here. I might be um, doing doing some major gear liquidation coming yeah. up soon. You might have uh, an SVT for sale. I might have an SVT for sale. Ooh. So actually, here, okay, fine. Let, let's just let's just get real. Talk about the last bit here. Close out for the show sure. here. Uh, yeah, the the dream. Uh, one of the dreams uh, is 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 over uh i wouldn't that, say that well one you know i still have many dreams but one of them which has been this like thing where i moved into a giant fucking studio and decided to build that out 
that has come to uh, soon to be end. Uh, and so now I'm gonna have a bunch of stuff from in there, including like my giant bass rig and and giant guitar rigs and all yeah. my drums and all that stuff that I'm gonna have to either rehome or find a find a spot for in my kitchen. Uh, See the so, drums that would look sweet next to the piano over there. Or, well, you know, the, the thought has crossed my mind of getting rid of that piano in, in general, anyway. So it's Ooh. like, so yeah. First of all, let's just say, I mean acknowledge it. It's a bummer. We were, I was part of the reason I moved into that studio was to move the, our podcast in there, and right. we, we did one episode. No, we did two. We did one. No, we did one with a guest, and yeah, that was it. It was hot, and it was hot, and um, I there were for a number of reasons it just didn't work out as well as I wanted it to, and that's okay, but. Yeah. Yeah, that, that so now we've got to figure out what I'm going to do with this stuff. So yeah. I think what I'm going to do, Dave, and tell me what you think about this, is get me one of those Universal Audio Aux devices. What's that? Which is a thing that lets you plug your like crazy loud tube amps oh. into it, and then that just goes direct into your computer and then right. but it's like got all the impulse responses and speaker stuff in there so it sounds like so you're it sounds like you're just ma- micing up um, whoa and, dude that and then just cool. have like a little rack with like my heads my amp heads and you can only hear it through like your speakers through the speakers i could i mean i could still have a cabin here that and run it out to right that if i wanted to but this is designed so that you, you don't have to you can just go direct with it dude i love that i think that might have to be the move unfortunately dang yeah well, because otherwise, I like, dude, I was just trying to. You're like, what do I do? Like, all these fucking my drum awesome, kit, loud amps all these shit. super big, loud amps that I have. Yeah, just this the putting them gonna take where it's going to go. Uh, I didn't even tell you. I, I might. I was looking at a dude's got a for a really good deal uh, on Orange 410. Oh really? Uh, yeah, the PPC 410. Yeah. Whatever. What's he asking? Uh, 550. That's which fair. Which those are like 900 yeah, bucks they're like with the cover. New, yeah. So I was kind of what I'm at, what I might do is sell the six by ten and the one by fifteen and then just. And just buy that dude's you have four a, by ten. You have a fifteen also. Mm-hmm. Did you have that when I was there? Mm-hmm. Huh. And and it turned my favorite sound that I got out of the SVT wasn't until I added the one by fifteen yeah. with the six ten. Right. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. And dude, I've got so many mics and like so much stuff in there that I'm just yeah. I, Anyone listen to this? Uh, you, you're interested in some Hank's uh, garage might be some uh, stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'll up. be putting the list together. Well, I already wow. got the list is already together. I just need to like you know copy and paste it or whatever of what's what i gotta keep what i gotta get rid of of the drum set i really don't want to i think i'm that would be of all that stuff the last to go like i'm gonna keep i'm gonna bring it back here yeah try to do the silent drums thing like i'm gonna try to do the silent drums is it expensive to get all those modifications on it it's just buying the heads right Uh, the drum they are kind of expensive it's like several hundred dollars i mean granted i you know low low friends in high places that can get those um, on things they also have those symbol like wraps things you can put on that you put over the top i would i've played the like actual zildjian sound symbols our good buddy sam porter from kalimasi former guest right has in his apartment a drum kit set up with these things on there and And it's not like you have anyone below you so like kick drum really wouldn't be an issue that's the only reason i don't want to do it back there is then that puts me slightly closer to where other people are yeah they still wouldn't hear it because there's no one touching me anymore but i yeah I, i would feel weirder about it that's which is why I was thinking like in here, but I still don't necessarily want to have a drum kit in my living room. You have to keep either. these blinds closed all the time. Dude, everyone sees all my <laughs> shit in here. Are you kidding me? Shit. I also, I mean, I'm, I'll probably delete this too, but I, I decided to stop, even though I'm getting rid of most of them anyways, to stop putting Lego in the window because of, uh, dude, like I just realized like, think about all, I, I'm just like wrecking the, the Lego, putting oh, them with in the direct sunlight, sunlight yeah. all the time. It's like, here, let me take these like expensive well, fucking the bo- things. Yeah, it's the boxes, right? They fade. Well, I don't even put the boxes in. Like, I'm just saying like the Lego themselves, like I oh, put like, like a white actual, set yeah. it is now yellow. Oh, no shit. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. 
And I've, dude, there have been families that have come by like upset that they're like still looking for me to put a new set in there because like people got so into it. They were like, they were like looking for it. People come by all the time looking for it. But I've noticed people that like were upset yeah. recently, and I'm, and that made me want to do it even less. You're bringing joy to people. Like once I knew that there was this like obligation. Like once I felt, You're once the Lego I felt guy. bad about it. Then I was like, I don't want to do this. This anymore. has become a thing. This has become a thing, <laughs> which is okay. Do I was you have I'm a Lego ha- in the window now. No, that's what I'm saying. I took them all out, and oh, like okay. I just do a ca- I update the calendar every morning. That's a part of the all thing right, that I do. Yeah. But like, that's it. Yeah, every every other piece of Lego I have, other than like the remaining 0.5 percent that I have to sort through, is in the box and ready to sell. In fact, I don't know if you know, so I actually been cleaning out, which is kind of bummer timing. I like spent a bunch of time a couple of days ago cleaning out that room and like getting all the stuff that I wanted to sell in my hoarder room mm-hmm. out. And now it's like, oh, great. Now I get to bring all of this, all of this my entire studio. Full, even like the furniture and stuff. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do with that, but we'll see. I might yeah. ask I might have to ask my my landlords if I can just like throw. They'd be cool with it if I could just like throw some stuff in the garage temporarily. Yeah. Also, like, I mean, did you buy that couch or didn't that come with the room? That was They gave that to me. What? My landlords gave me that. The landlords here? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I just so wonder. It's if, a nice leather couch. I know. Jeez. Yeah. So I'll be like, hey, that couch that you gave me to like get out of your garage. Yeah. Can I put it back? Can in I put the it garage? back right in there? Yeah. Because the I guess you couldn't really fit it in here with gear. And There's shit. nowhere. I mean, I yeah. I, it would have to replace that couch. I'm or like I could get rid of all that stuff over there and put it there. But like, what? Why would I even want to sit over there? Yeah. What are you gonna do over there? I already have a chair over there that never gets used. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't sit in it today. I thought about sitting in it, and then I was like, "Can I sit in this?" Yeah, it's sittable. It's not the most comfortable. Chair. I didn't know if it's it was a like, just like an antique or something. It's an antique, but it's it was re you know redone so it can like actually be sat in. I don't know if it was reupholstered, but it's like you'll feel that it's not very comfortable. Yeah. Uh, but it looks cool. And, it does look cool. Um, you know, it looks good for picture so anyways yeah i just kind of want to be a lot of gear man moan about that a little bit and i mean this is the place to do it you know and so so you like the idea of getting like getting like the rack of uh heads set up so i could still like run guitar amps into the thing i mean either that or sell them right i mean or find another rehearsal space which yeah it's possible the thing the thing that i want out of rehearsal space is playing drums and recording but it's like i i prefer recording here at this point so like and i I just I never I never felt as comfortable recording in a giant room as I did here. Yeah. It would be you know? awesome. I mean, if you could set it up where you could have like the like the amp thing you were talking mm-hmm. about and then let's find a way to maybe do like drums somehow. I mean, you could record like I know that I could there. record, but that's it's like I yeah, I don't know if I I think I, where I'm leaning is that if I get to the point where I'm I want to do stuff with a full live drum kit that like to record it. Yeah. I would just go to a room somewhere, you know, like, right? Just like, like bring, right. like bring one of my racks and go rent like a room at fucking the music garage oh, for a day or something. And they have drums and shit already. Just like, or I would just bring my own shit. Like if yeah. I, I'll just keep the drum kit. But it's I like can, uh, I, mo- the really the point is that like I liked having that room to be able to pl- just like practice drums. Yeah. Do you want me to? I, I have George's number. If you want me to give it to you and you can see if he has any open yeah well uh, maybe just to see we'll see yeah he might have some smaller rooms that are like yeah. cheap you know and i've you know i've still got my all my connections at superior and all that shit too oh, and that's yeah. the other thing but like yeah i guess the, i the thing i'll miss most more than anything i enjoyed just like setting it up and and working on yeah. the stuff in there and being in there but yeah. also like playing drums that was like those were the, those are the two things so it's like all right i can figure out a way i think to try to still manage both and maybe eventually i'll just like move to a place where i can have what i had there but also in my home and like a you know basement or something set up so well 
Keep an eye out for the GearBuds uh, reverb page. It might be might be popping, dude. Soon. It's already popping. There's more stuff on there, but it, you're right. It, there will be there will be even more, especially if you're if you're looking to do some local pickup for like real heavy big stuff. Have you sold? Yeah, local pickup only. Have you sold uh, anything else recently? Probably. I don't even remember. I mean, I think the last thing was the. I think we talked about everything. Last thing might have been the Explorer. I don't even know. I've, they, that I've taken a bunch of pictures of some stuff, but I haven't actually posted anything new other than like the, the U-Base, the recorder and some other stuff. But there will be, I'm sure, dude. And I have like so many snakes and cables and stuff. Yeah. That I'm like, oh, baby, it's going to be cable Fuck, selling dude. village, yeah. tone tubes for days. Uh, PA and all that stuff, right? That's his. I'm, oh, not, that's I'm right. not touching any of that. That's right. But like that mixer is mine. And Keyboards. The, Couple keyboards in there, of yours, right? Yeah, yeah. I sold. I did sell one of those already. Yeah, got seventy five bones. I told, dude. I told that story already. Where I, uh, I, I didn't change the price after the deal. I oh, already yeah. changed the price, but he just wasn't <laughs> aware of it. Yeah, that that I sold one of those. That's pretty and, funny. And then I've brought I've brought most of the stuff back, but yeah, there are still a few other. There. I brought the theremin back. Oh, nice. Got that already because that got well, that was the other. I mean, that just of, fucking looks cool in the room, dude. And well, that, dude, that was one of those things where it was like, I was trying to. I was trying to ignore how much it was upsetting me that there was a fucking roof leak that like would randomly happen and that got weird roof leak on it and yeah. it still works and everything, but it like kind of got dirty and I was really upset about it. Yeah. So that's kind of some of the, there, there are some blessings happening through yeah. this, but I'm, you know, in the throes of the bummer town right now. So thanks for before the episode, you know, oh, dude. talking through everything I mean, with me and that's what I'm being a good for, friend man. and not just like being a yes man, just actually like listening no. and, you know, dude, telling me course, what you bro. think and stuff. So yeah, man, I mean, if you need help with anything, like let me know. Appreciate dude. that. Yeah. Love you, brother. And yeah, if you're, uh, if you're looking, well, I'll tell you what, we'll get the first dibs at once that, once that gear list is ready to what I'm going to get rid of, you can <laughs> right. take a look. Get the, get the uh, friends and family Might discount. Have to try, oh, well, especially if we're talking about a trade for, uh, I don't know, something paisley colored perhaps. Maybe. Oh, oh man. My only guitar. Oh man. <laughs> you wouldn't play a Strat anyways, let's be honest. I would look at that fucking Strat. Yeah, no, though. that's what I do. I just leave it out in the living room I all know, the time. Dude. It's great. I actually, I was going to play the telly earlier then I was like, mm, nah, I'm just going to grab Les Paul instead. Yeah, that thing looks great, dude. That might go too, honestly. It's like it's yeah. That's why I picked it up today because it's like, do I still am I still super enamored and in love with it? And I do actually really still like it. But you well, you could make money on it. I know that. I, not only that, I just like I have the another one. I, well, it, I, it's gonna hang around for a little bit. I've got other stuff to sell first, but that one, it, it's it's sort of like the Jazzmaster. I'm super happy that I have them, but like if the right deal came along, they would they would leave. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I don't know the telly. So, Whatever. What we'll about see. the telly? I do love it, but it's 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 because it's a Dan Smith. It's an '84. It's my birth year. It's like yeah. the, the whole thing. It's the '84. It's the it's the only it's the best telly that I would ever want. It's just like, do I even ever play tellies? Yeah. No, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Did I? Uh, I have a quick update on the Jazzmaster. What is it? We got it back. We jammed and? the other night. Didn't make a noise. He had the guy go through the whole thing. He put it on the bench three times. God. He went through it three times. Like and then he'd put it away, test it, go back through it. He checked every single solder joint, every single loose screw, whatever, and put it back together, and it's not making the noise anymore. Dude. Single it, coils, baby. And he, he only charged him like 20 bucks. Yeah. And I was like, how's this guy making money? Because he had it for like two weeks. He didn't touch it for more than 10 minutes. I know, but still to go it through it cube, and everything. Yeah. Um, That's still, hey, well, hopefully, I mean, knock on microphone, hopefully yeah. that, that, that holds up. I thought it made a crackle the other night, and I looked at Char, and he's like, he just shook Dude, his it's head. at the wall it's just it's yeah not, he's like pretend yeah. we didn't hear it um so i guess it's you'll never there. not be here listening for fucking that, guitar though. sounds great though man what a guitar for pedals dude jazz masters jazz masters there's they no just, question they they, pedals, because man. they've got those awesome. nice low output sort yeah. of dark usually pickup things they kind of do the pickups the 
pedal's real nice. The jazzies. Well, my friend. All right. Thank you for being here with me. I love you. Of course, you. man. I love you too. Thank you, listeners, for being here with us. Love you too. And if you did make it this far, go make some music.